Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Welcome to another edition of Training Unleashed. I am your host, Evan Hackle. With me is an old friend, Scott Hoots. He is the president of Pet Wants. They are an, an unusual and unique, and I, as far as I know, the, the only people that do what they do. But of course, I'm going to let Scott tell you that part. Um, Scott is a true franchise, seasoned franchise person, uh, a real expert in the area of training. And of course, everyone knows if, if you're in franchising, you're in training because that is what the key component that people need to be successful. Scott, if you would please tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your new venture, Pet Wants. New for you, not new for the company. Uh, Scott? Yeah, thanks, Evan. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. Scott Hoots here, president of Pet Wants Franchise System, LLC. Uh, Pet Wants is, uh, as Evan said, a very unique uh, part of the uh, pet food industry. Uh, we're a completely franchise operation with, uh, with 100 franchise units across the United States. And uh, we focus on selling a fresh, natural pet food product for dogs and cats that uh, is made with uh, no byproducts, no corn, no wheat, no soy, no sugar, no artificial ingredients. And uh, it's the freshest that you can get from manufacture to your pet's bowl. And uh, our other point of differentiation across the industry is, is that we bring it right to your door at home or at your office or at your doggy daycare. Wow, that's kind of cool. You know, that food sounds so good like you'd want to eat it yourself. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I eat that healthily. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, we also have some other uh, treats, Evan, which you might like if you're a, if you're a beef jerky fan at all. Uh, we make a great homemade beef jerky that, uh, that people really, even humans, uh, talk very highly about. Wow, it's kind of cool. You could sit down and have a snack with your pet, um, literally. Um, any, any, anyhow, um, just, you know, from your perspective, you know, where's kind of an example that you could share with us where training has made an impact on your business? Well, I think here recently, and as you know, I've been on board for, uh, for four months now. And uh, one of the first thing I, I saw when I came on board was our onboarding of new franchisees needed to be strengthened. We have a great team here at Pet Wants. Uh, our operations team combined has over 75 years of experience in the pet food industry. And uh, the, the, the flip side of that is, though, is that they didn't have any franchise experience. So, uh, so I, I worked with them uh, throughout the onboarding process to make sure that our training is specifically focused on, uh, on training franchisees, which, as you know, is a lot different than training in school or training uh, uh, managers or something of, the, the, of that like. You're, you're training independent business owners. And uh, we worked hard on, on strengthening that onboarding process, which actually starts before training uh, and then rolls right into uh, the week-long training process for new franchisees, which, incidentally, we are doing this week right uh, in the office uh, right next to mine. 
So if you don't mind, I'd like to have you go into more detail here because a lot of people that are listening are not in franchising. And I think one of the things that franchising does really well is the onboarding. And um, a lot of times, a lot of companies, you bring in new employees and they're kind of thrown, you know, watch Phil, watch Sarah, uh, and, you know, trial and error. And, you know, I almost think that companies ought to take the same principles that they take in franchising. So if you could talk a little bit about what the pre-training looks like, what types of things they do pre-training, what types of things you train live, and then what kind of training you do actually after they open. Uh, and uh, I think that would be you know, really insightful for people. For sure. As I mentioned, it, it starts even before they come here to Cincinnati and do the actual training. It starts with a series of calls with a franchise business coach. And that franchise uh, business coach, his, his name is Jim Curran. So, uh, so first and foremost, I have the same person doing the onboarding whenever possible. That gives us some consistency from person to person. Uh, you're, as an expert in training, Evan, you know that uh, when you introduce inconsistencies in the way that you're training, that uh, that's a, a recipe for disaster when it comes to uh, to training. So uh, Jim's really good at what he does. Uh, he's uh, he's a longtime veteran of the industry, and, and Jim's the one that, uh, that, that does this onboarding process with everyone. So Jim's going to start by outlining uh, the needs uh, of the business. So before we even get into the, the, the actual business of uh, pet food retailing, we're going to talk about the outline of the needs of operating any business. And that includes setting up a bookkeeping system, um, understanding how to file uh, for your corporate uh, documents, all of that stuff that a business owner has to do before they can even worry about how to receive an order or the operations of customer uh, satisfaction. They need to be able to, to set up their business uh, from the get-go. And that's a big focus of the first part of the onboarding program. Then uh, once all of that is established, and by the way, we, we introduce the, the trainee, the new franchisee, to some of their vendors, including their bookkeeping service uh, and uh, their website vendors during this process. Uh, I mentioned website because that's the next step is is we're setting we're helping them set up their uh, their 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 website. Um, and one of the things that Jim does a pretty good job of is is he focuses on keeping the uh, the new franchisee completely engaged in this process. So it's not like we're doing stuff for them. We are helping them establish the business themselves. So from the very get-go, we're trying to establish good habits and a good understanding that the new franchisee, uh, so they know that they're the ones, that their success is predicated on their efforts, but we're there behind them to help uh, show so them how to So you're teaching, you're teaching them how to fish. We're teaching them how to fish, not catching the fish and, and putting them in their bucket for them. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. So the pre-training is done. Now they, they show up. How many days is it, and, and how do you divide it up and make it work? So that's actually uh, typically two to three weeks. Depends on the schedule. Some of our new franchisees are coming in. They have full-time jobs, 
that they that they're still working before they launch their business. So in that case, it might take a little bit longer because we have to work around a, a, a work schedule. But typically, that onboarding process—we call it onboarding—that um, onboarding process is going to take two to two to a maximum of uh, of three weeks, and then uh, they uh, they come to Cincinnati for a week to do the actual week long training here. So, can you tell us a little bit about how you set it up, how you organize, how you? prove that they have knowledge? Uh, homework. <laughs> Actually, you know, that's the funny thing. It's always funny to be in the uh, training class uh, when uh, when we get started and uh, we go over the agenda and folks learn that uh, that they're going to be expected to do homework uh, each night. Uh, look, uh, you, you should see the look on people's faces. Uh, homework? What do you mean we're going to have to do homework every night? Uh, but uh, so, you know, we have an established program. Like I said, it starts early Monday, ends at the end of the day on Friday. So it's five full days starting at 8.30 every morning, ending at 5. Uh, and again, as I mentioned, with, uh, with homework. And uh, that class will run the gamut of uh, pet food nutrition uh, it uh, will run into uh, marketing topics, how to effectively market your uh, your business, uh, operational uh, things like um, how to answer the telephone, uh, uh, sales. Uh, we have a heavy, heavy sales component, Evan, in our business. Uh, a lot of our customer interaction is done at farmers markets, flea markets, local events, where there's one-on-one -on -one interaction between the, the franchise owner and a potential customer. So they have to be coached and trained how to do that. Not everybody comes to us with that, with that born skill set of being a, a salesperson. So we dedicate an entire day with, yes, the bane of every trainee's existence, the dreaded role play. Uh, we have an entire day set just for, uh, for, for sales training. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology, rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. Well, role-playing is a very important attribute, and I totally concur with you that there is resistance and fear because yeah. people don't like that, you know, they, you know, now there's some people that love it, you know, that the people that probably should be actors, I guess. But uh, just any tips on how you get people comfortable with role-playing? I think what we try to do is we try to establish a, a strong rapport. So they don't come in on Monday and we launch into role-play you know, Monday afternoon or anything like that. We build a relationship with them. Now, we've already had a relationship with them. If they've signed a franchise agreement, they've come to uh, our discovery day, which we call uh, uh, affectionately Meet the Pack Day. Uh, so you know, we've developed a relationship. But what we try to do in the first part of the training week is to establish a rapport, uh, a relationship, uh, and ease uh, communication style so we're not hitting them with that uh, with that role play. Uh, so I think that's the biggest thing for us is just establishing that ease 
in their mind so that they're not too whacked out about having to do it. Well, I think it's good. I think it's smart. You're not doing it first thing and that you're giving people time. And, and, and uh, you know, when you know the people you're around, it's much easier than if you're doing it in front of strangers. I think that makes a, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does in our classes as, uh, as well. And the other thing, uh, we don't do, we don't generally videotape it. I know, you know, sometimes people videotape role play uh, for playback purposes and coaching purposes. And I understand why they, why they do that and why that's a, a beneficial tool. We, we don't do it, um, it. We may do it, you know, down the road, but uh, we currently don't, uh, don't videotape. And I think that helps people stay a little bit more at ease. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. So talk about, so now they're, they're starting up their business. What happens afterwards? So you, they've completed the, the, you know, the pre-work, they've, they've come in, they've spent the week. Um, how do you continue the onboarding and the, and the, and the, to the point you get them to where they're quote unquote, in, you know, regular order and, and things are, are working normally? Yeah, I wish there was a regular order and things were working. <laughs> right? there, when does that panacea come? You've been doing this as long as I have. Uh, we well, keep working. You know, it, you know I, I talk a lot about you know seeking excellence, the never-ending journey. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, you 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 are right. It's there. It, it you know because whenever you get to wherever you're going, there's always something new you now got to get to. So yeah. That's uh, that's for sure. But it just reinforces the the effectiveness. If you have effective training, you can get to that journey a little bit easier and less stressful. But um, so, you know, this is where the, the magic of franchising happens. And, and you know, you mentioned that I've been in franchising for a while. And, and you're right. I, I try to avoid saying how many years because it makes me feel uh, older than uh, than I want to feel. But uh, this is where the, the magic of franchising comes in. So the, the, the new franchisee comes and they've been drinking from a fire hose all week long with all of these different topics that they had never really considered before they signed on with us. They get in and, uh, you know, the natural thing is, is to, to forget some of it, to be nervous about launching the business. Oh, I'm in my marketplace and I'm all alone. But you know what? Uh, then uh, the franchise business coach calls. Uh, and by the way, that's uh, Jim Curran, who's already been established himself as a familiar face to this person. He's calling them uh, each week uh, from the very get-go when they get into their marketplace. And uh, that familiar face, that familiar voice, uh, and that support uh, can really uh, help get a uh, franchisee established and launched on along the right uh, path to uh, to success. So Jim's going to start calling as soon as they get uh, back home from training. Uh, they're going to start recovering some of the stuff, asking them questions, coaching them through the things that they learned so that they can move from learning to uh, applying those things in their marketplace. You know, questions like how many events have you set up yet? Oh, how did your event last uh, Sunday goes? You remember that, that that thing that you struggled with during the role play? Uh, did you run into that situation? And if so, how did you handle it? Uh, can I help you uh, through any any uh, any problems? Um, so you know they they get into their marketplace, but they're not they're not alone. Uh, they they have a coach and a support system behind them that's going to help reinforce that training. Uh, from week to week. 
Um, once they get through their first three to four months or so, they're going to be transitioned off of Jim to one of our other franchise business coaches, and that person is there, and their accountability is to help that franchisee be successful, whether it's uh, effective marketing, whether it's operations, solving customer service problems, you name it. Uh, that's what uh, that's what we we help support them. So I'm I'm going to take a, a second here, Scott, and highlight what you're saying for the listeners because I think this is very critical. <laughs> it's something that is very common in franchising, although not done by that many. And I compliment Scott for, for doing it. Is he is creating a special team of people to work with the franchisees when they start up, as opposed to immediately transitioning them to the person that they're going to work with on a regular basis. And the fact that, that you know, he's using the same person that did the pre-work, the person that was involved, not probably in every aspect, but in a lot of the aspects of the, the actual training, and then a familiar face, somebody they're comfortable with, so they can pick up the phone and, and call him and, and know that he knows them and knows their business. And I love the example of, relating something that happened in training and asking about that later that shows the the trainee how much you care. So what I'd like to do now just for a second here is relate what you're saying to a non-franchise business is, you know, do you have a set procedure to train people? Do you have defined timelines? You know, do you dedicate literally time to have them work on what they're doing for a week or two weeks you know, to be proficient before you actually have them do the job. And what I find is that most companies don't do that. And what happens is that you have lots of very costly mistakes. Um, you lose uh, opportunities because your turnover is higher, so you have bigger retention, and you lose opportunities because they're not good at what they do with their job. So th there's this rush to get people in there. Um, I know for myself uh, in, in business when I was running, this goes back many years, you want to talk about all that, I don't want to talk about how many years ago this goes, we used to hire um, salespeople and literally what we did is we would hire people that were experienced salespeople because we didn't want to dedicate ourselves to training. We'd have them start immediately and then when they weren't busy with customers, we train them here, there, and everywhere, you know, to get them up to speed. And that was ineffective. And in fact, we found that a lot of these trained salespeople were very bad and they were trained very poorly. And then we moved to something very similar to what you're talking about, where we put every new hire through a two-week training program, first week totally, and then we had them do some real work with customers and then come back and role-playing. And the results of the production, how fast they got up to speed, uh, how much they were selling, close rate, average tickets, all of them went up immeasurably. So what you're doing in the franchise world, which is expected, um, is not something that's done in the real in the real world. I guess franchise world is real, right? Right, Scott? Franchising is real. It's definitely real. Yeah, it's definitely real. In fact, it's uh, one of the one of the largest segments of the, of, of the entire economy. But um, those best practices really make a difference and can make a big difference in your world. So I challenge everyone to think about what you do when you're on board. And, you know, maybe it makes sense with your training departments to have staff 
that are focused on that part of the process and do more coaching at the beginning, just like Scott does, so that you then transition them into the normal procedure after they're fully on board. Uh, and if you can improve retention, I, I'm sure for you, Scott, and maybe because you've been in the business a long time, you know, what's the difference between a, a franchisee that's rushed and a franchisee that goes through the process in terms of the likelihood of success and, you know, how fast, you know, their, their business gets up to speed in, in business? Maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that. Oh, it's, it's one of the critical factors because as the franchisor, uh, our revenue stream comes from a percentage of the franchisee's sales, right? And uh, if you're giving them a, a stronger uh, ability to launch and, and get up to target sales faster, uh, that's just the quicker we get to, uh, to our, our target sales from, uh, from that franchisee's royalties as, uh, as well. Um, the other part of that is, is that that first 12 months in a franchise, in a new franchise business is critical, right? Uh, that's the time period when you might be operating at a profit, uh, or at a, excuse me, at a loss, uh, still, or you're, you're at break even at best. So you have to get up to speed pretty quickly uh, or your chances of uh, running out of money are, uh, are much greater. Yeah, and the worst thing for a franchise system is to have people close because then it's really hard to get more people to buy in. So uh, failure really isn't an option in franchising. And, and, I, and I think it's that attitude that – forces franchise businesses to really focus on onboarding and getting people up. And, and I do commend you because you're doing a lot of things that most people don't do, uh, particularly having a special person that is dedicated to startup franchisees, which I personally think is a tremendous best practice. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Total Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T O R T A L. tortal.net. I think part of the issue in traditional business is that the the, the cost or the penalty although very large isn't really measured so that people aren't sitting back and thinking about their onboarding of new employees and thinking about, well, what does that cost us in terms of lost business, lost production? What does that cost us if we don't keep that employee because they're frustrated and they leave? How much does it cost to recruit new employees? And, and those costs are huge, but people tend not to measure them. Where in franchising, um, the costs are not only huge, but you have this thing called an FDD and an item 20. And, and why don't because I'm talking a lot here, Scott, why don't you tell everybody the impact, what an item 20 is and what the impact is? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, it's, it's, it's huge because in item 20, you're going to be showing to the world, 
the, the, the growth of your franchise system, the number of units that you have uh, in your system, uh, and most importantly, uh, any closures that you have. So as you said, you're kind of hanging your dirty laundry out there. So if you're not doing a good job of, uh, of training and onboard, onboarding and training your franchisees and they close, you got to publish that number. And uh, that is one of the first places, the two first places that a, a prospect will go to in your franchise disclosure document is that item 19 that tells them potentially how much money they can, uh, they, they can expect to make. And uh, item 20, uh, what's happening within the system in terms of closures, uh, termination, et cetera. And if they see high closures, the likelihood of getting them to, to become a franchisee um, becomes almost non-existent. And so taking this back, you know, think about how different your business would be if you were required to give every potential new employee statistics on the likelihood that someone was going to be able to succeed at work. And that's yeah. essentially what happens in franchising. And so yeah. the point that I wanted to deliver to everyone listening right now is tracking the effective rate of getting someone fully up to speed and measuring that economics and measuring the economics of turnover and retention are huge benefits of training. So one of the questions I constantly get asked by people is, how do I justify my department? And of course, everyone knows who listens to this podcast that a lot of companies don't value training and they don't invest in training. And in a large part, because they don't see or understand the impact. But if you could measure the effectiveness of new employees and how much faster you can get them up to speed and what that is worth to the company. And if you can measure the impact of improved training on your turnover of employees and retention and what the cost of that is to the company, those are two very easily measurable items. I say easy, nothing's easy, but there are things that you can in fact measure to show the value of training. So I encourage everyone to kind of go back and think about that in terms of how you look at your training and how you present ROI. Scott, we're running out of time, so I'd like to end and ask you to share just one training tip with our audience. Yeah, I'd say that, 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 that one training tip would be that uh, understand that people are different. So everybody that you are involved in training uh, they're going to receive that training differently. And some of that is generational. Uh, you know, the, the baby boomers uh, tra uh, receive training differently than the Gen Yers do, and they receive it differently than the Gen Xers, Xers do. But some of it is, um, uh, some of it's just personality and behavior based as, uh, as well. So, you know, the biggest thing that a trainer can understand is, is that uh, if they're training 10 people during the during a month's period, those 10 people are all going to be different people, and you're going to have to take a different approach with each one of those 10 people. That's excellent advice. Really excellent advice. Scott, thank you so very much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking your time, and um, I hope everyone has a good day. My pleasure. Take care. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. 
That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.